0: So you've reached the point where people are showing up, but you're not closing sales and you're wondering what in the world is going on? Why are my sales falling off? Well, today on Growth Engineers, we're going to be looking at how understanding your buyer's journey is affecting your growth and sales. Hey everybody, this is Dean and Atiba again, and whether you're a pro to marketing or you're brand new and you're trying to figure it all out, you're in the right place because we're here to share with you some proven strategies that are going to help you grow. So Dean, let me ask you this question as we get started. How is understanding the modern buyer's journey actually going to help? Well, first off, maybe you start there. What the heck is the modern (laughs) buyer's journey?
1: Yeah, right. So, you know, this is a fun topic because there's so many things we can touch on. And this concept of buyer's journey and especially the modern buyer's journey is so important. And I think so many marketers and business owners, they think they really understand what their buyer is about, what they're going through. And the truth is that even in the last two years, right, with COVID yeah. and virtual, it's changed how buyers buy it. But even if we go back another five or even 10 years and access to information, that's changed the power structure, right, between the buyer and the seller. And that's what I mean by the modern buyer's journey is that the modern buyer has access to information they never had before. And therefore Mm. they have a lot more control and they're looking for different things from us as marketers and sellers. And we really have to understand that in a very detailed way.
0: So, okay, so they have access to more information, right? And we need to understand that from a more detailed way, but okay, seriously, like, what do we do with those insights? Like, how does it actually work, Dean? Like <laughs> give me some concrete stuff here. Right, how does okay. this work?
1: Well, <laughs> if you ever sat across from a business owner or a marketer, and then like they say, Well, I don't know how to get in front of the right prospects. I don't know what to say, I don't know when to say, I don't know. Should I be on Twitter, YouTube, TikTok? Should I be out doing public speaking? What how they just throw their hands up? They don't know. Well, here's the secret. If you take the time to model out the buyer's journey specifically for your ideal client, that'll answer all those questions for you. You don't have to guess. And marketing is a bit of a testing process. We know that. But it should never be a flat-out guessing process. So I'll give you an example, right? There are different stages to the buyer's journey, right? And we can define those stages in lots of different ways. But the very first step, the very first phase is where a prospect and, you know, we're in the B2B world, so we're selling to other business owners and buyers of business products and services. Sometimes they're not even aware they even have a problem, right? They just think this is just business. This is just life. And so our opportunity to engage with that market and show them, make them aware, taking from unaware to aware with content, that's the first way to engage with your buyers in the very first step of the process. So that's just an example is moving people from the unaware to aware. That's just one example, because we think about 100% of our viable market, every one of them is in a different spot. So we have to align with those.
0: Okay, so I'm a little confused, okay? okay, And maybe somebody listening too is a little confused because you said ideal customer, then you said, everyone's in a different spot. Like who are we talking to here? Like really, who are we talking to?
1: Yeah, all right. So maybe we should take a step back for our listeners. Maybe that's where we need to head. So the buyer's journey is irrelevant if you don't know who you're selling to, who you're marketing to. So that's where taking some time to understand your ideal client, the profile, the characteristics of the people and organizations that we can best serve That's where we Mm -hmm. start because each of those profiles may impact the buyer's journey, right? The way they buy, where they look, how they see information, how they take in information. So that's where we really start with this whole marketing journey. So understanding that I think is step one.
0: Okay, so I hear you and I don't disagree with you, but let me, I know there's somebody who's listening to us right now, and they've had this kind of thought, Dean. You know this thought is true because you've had clients, I've had clients who have had this thought or said these words, right? I want to be internet famous, or (laughs) I want to have my name be everywhere and have everybody buy from our product. And this is the real part. I want my content to look like Logan Paul, like Mr. Beast. Right? People say that. So are you saying to us that's the wrong approach?
1: (laughs) I am saying, don't worry about what everybody else is doing, especially those YouTube sensations. Because you're probably not selling what they're selling to who they're selling. So your goal is different, right? And so I think it's really important for us to take a step back. And so when I hear somebody say they want to be internet famous, they want a million likes on their next post, why? What is that going to do to move your organization forward, your business forward, your goal forward? That's the more important thing. Because, is it, do you want to be generally known by a million people or really known well by 100 ideal buyers that are going to spend money with you over and over again? Because likes, I last time I checked, the bank doesn't take likes as deposits, right? <laughs> you can't cash a like.
0: No, you can't. So you got to yeah. take all of those things into context. You can't cash a like, but you know, I want to stay there for a moment and, and ask you about that at that point. You can't cash a like, but I get a lot of people who say, yeah, but, when a lot of people like my post, when I'm talking to my actual customer, they see it and they think I'm somebody because so many people have liked my post or so many people are following my content. Right. And right. so the likes affect my ideal customer and affect my buyer's journey. You agree with that? How do you? Feel? To what? a point, to a point, right? I mean, yeah, we want to have our content be
1: seen and perceived as credible. Yeah. Right. And so those likes, those follows, those comments, they add to credibility. But really what's more important is the content itself, right? And the information you're communicating and the impact it's having. I would still rather have 10 likes of people that really get it and want to have a conversation than a hundred likes of people my aunt, my uncle, my dog, right? Who cares? Who cares? And I would say the other thing here, Atiba, is the platform that you're on. Mm. is also something to take in mind, right? If you're on Facebook and all your friends, your family, your alumni are all liking your stuff, but none of your buyers are there, it don't matter how many likes you got. But if you're selling B2B and you're driving content through YouTube and through LinkedIn Lives and you're getting interaction there, even if it's a lower level of interaction, it's much better quality.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, let me just, I'm going to share the story there to kind of illustrate that, that point, a part of that point a little bit too. I had a guy call me about six months ago and he literally called with his credit card in his hand. And by the end of our initial call, he was very upset that I didn't just take his credit card number, right? And just charge him. He didn't even care how much. And it was because he was, On YouTube watching my YouTube videos, right? And then when I realized, and to the point about how many likes you get and so on and so forth, he had watched a bunch of videos where he was actually the only Um, person to watch them. (laughs) There were no other views on the videos. Yeah. And what was he paying attention to the number of likes or the content? The, The content, the content. Now, So that's the content, but not that content getting back to our buyer's journey, right? That content has to grow out of the buyer's journey and needs to facilitate the buyer's journey, right?
1: Yeah.
0: I've seen some people who, you know, they say, you know, I keep my buyer's journey in my head. I know where they're going. I know what they're doing and we just keep it there, right? Does that work? Is there something to mapping the buyer's journey?
1: Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's like saying all of my business goals are in my head and I never miss hitting my goals, right? But it's really it's easy to change it, right? It just there's nothing concrete. And so it goes, that's the same thing when it comes to any strategy when it comes to your business. And then when we talk about buyer's journey, we're talking about being strategic and yes. growing our revenue. It's not just about marketing. It's not just about selling. Actually, it's about the full life cycle of the client retention, yes. and expansion and all of those things. So if you're thinking strategically, you have got to write it down, you've got to get it mm-hmm. out of your head, you've got to get input from people around you. The key about the buyer's journey is not just identifying the stages your buyer goes through, but also understanding what their goal is at each stage. Right? We can say awareness and decision and all these sort of generic buckets of stuff. But The best way is to talk to your clients, talk to your buyers, ask them the question about the journey they went through and what they were trying to achieve at each point and write it down and compare client to client, market to market, see how it looks.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, are there any other benefits to mapping the buyer's journey to your business and to your business growth? like that you've seen with any of your clients? I know for me, one of the big benefits mapping the buyer's journey has been, especially in sales, is their identification of where someone is and understanding what they need next. Yeah,
1: yeah. For me, it's all about data-driven decisions, right? Information-driven decisions. And when you have lots of variables, and you're trying to calculate that you don't have chat GPT in your head, right? You gotta write it down, you gotta analyze it. And when you look at that information on the page, you can start to see patterns. They don't do that in your head. For 99% of us, it doesn't happen. So yeah, I think that's important. And the other thing is, once you have the buyer's journey defined and the criteria and goals for each step, and what we're gonna do to engage our prospects at each stage, then you can share it with your team. You can get yeah. out of the way and let your team produce content and interact with your marketplace and do all the things that, as a solopreneur, you shouldn't be doing on your own, right? So yes. that's part of that bigger picture of how do you scale your organization. You can't scale what's between your
0: ears. That's, a, that's an excellent point, right? That's an excellent point. And you said two letters in there that I have to come back to because in today's society, if you say these two letters, you have to talk about them. Okay, and those two letters, you know what they are, don't you? (laughs) AI. AI. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So, so, especially in marketing and even somewhat in sales right now, there's a lot of talk about how AI is going to change some things and AI is going to replace... (laughs) copywriters and so on and so forth. I don't want to go too far into that conversation, but I'd love to hear from your side of the table, from what you're seeing. How does AI help with understanding your buyer's journey?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I know you and I have spent a lot of time talking about AI and the power of AI, but I think it's important to maybe share with our listeners what AI is and what it isn't, mm. right? And when we hear the most common brand around AI right now, ChatGPT, that AI is generative AI. It's taking information that's already out there and it's answering a question that you give it based on the information that's already out there. It has a level of intelligence to do that, but it's not really making decisions, right? It's not saying turn left, turn right. It's just sharing information in a single way. So you got two parts of the question. I'm going to turn the question back around on you here in a minute too, (laughs) because I know you've got some thoughts on this. So in terms of understanding the buyer's journey, you could ask it. You could literally ask ChatGPT, give me all the stages of the buyer's journey for this type of client, and it will give it Mm -hmm. to you. And all it's doing is it's accumulating information from the web and spewing it onto the page. But is that accurate for your business, for your niche, your market, your focus? to a degree, but it's certainly not your client. It's not the voice of your customer. Right. So I would never wanna just sort of copy and paste and say, all right, guys, Atiba, that's my buyer's journey. Go build me video content for that. No, don't do that, right? You gotta talk to your customer. So don't over rely upon that tool. So I'm gonna turn it back to you. What do you think? How's AI impacting the buyer's journey and understanding what to do with that information?
0: Yeah. So, which is why I asked the question of you, because it's a really great question and it's one that, that we're all dealing with right now. And from my perspective and what we're sharing and teaching with our clients and that type of thing, it's about ideation, okay? It's about realizing that you have been homogeneous in the way you've seen your world. You're deep inside of your world, in your business, with your customers, and you have a bit of a tunnel vision on how you see things and you make assumptions based on the, on that tunnel vision, which isn't always true. Now, what the AI does is allow you to come in and say, Hey, okay, here's my company, here's my product, let me define my ideal customer and tell me now. In the awareness stage of my buyer's journey, what's some content that I should consider creating in that stage? What are some pain points that people may have in that stage? What are some common misunderstandings that they may have in that stage? Now to your point, Dean, now you get this information. Now you have more ideation than you had when you was just you thinking. And now you can look at it and you can evaluate and say, yes, that meets my customer. No, that does not meet my customer. I never thought about this. I wonder if that meets my customer.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. And it gives you broader perspective. It does. It gives you broad-
1: I love it. Yeah. I think that's a great perspective. And I think the piece that I want to make sure our listeners understand is to get to that point, to get some sort of context around the information you're feeding, it's feeding back to you, is you're providing it information. You're providing yeah. it specific information about your customer not a generic you know persona you know bob the buyer right don't right. do that right that's not going to help you in your business so you've got to feed it specific information so that's the work you do first and then use a tool like chat to dig deeper to get a broader yeah. perspective so that is the piece right it's all about the information you feed it to get the information you need back that's worthwhile
0: Yeah, yeah, and with that, where it lands you is in this place now where you're creating content at the different stages of the buyer's journey that speaks directly to your ideal customer and where they are in this moment. Because let's face it, if you're 18 years old and somebody comes and talks to you about what it's like to have three kids who are teenagers, you're not listening. (laughs) That's right. Right? Right? You don't want to buy a station wagon at 18 for when you have three kids. Fourteenth, you don't want to do it. Nope. I oh, you know, don't know if they still sell station station wagons. I think everything is now as <laughs> a SUV, right? Whatever, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> minivan. Uh, minivan. <laughs> but that's kind of the point, though. Is you know you have to be able to talk to your customer exactly where they are in this moment. Otherwise, they won't listen to you. And that's a lot of what Dean's been saying here all day long today, right? In these last few minutes, and that's also what the AI tools can help you do. Yeah. help you yeah. recognize where they are so that you can create that content. They're not going to go out and create the content for you. They may help you create some content, but it's not going to be the final product totally at right. all.
1: Totally right. Well, and if you think it is, you're a lazy marketer, and you're going to be out of business. Just say <laughs> Real soon. Just say. But let's bring it back well, around a t- Sorry, I didn't mean to talk about it. Yeah. Because we started talking about the modern buyer's journey and we kind of dabbled a little bit in what's changed because of access to information chat gpt is one of those things a yeah. buyer is going to yeah. use that too which is a whole different conversation we can have but coming back to this modern buyer and the stages they go through there are a number of studies you've seen them i've seen them maybe our mm-hmm. viewers have seen them where the data shows that buyers are further much further into their decision making process before they ever want to talk to a salesperson so if i want yeah. to have a sales call and they're only 20% in. They're just still sort of in that awareness soul, trying to figure out what problems they can solve and how. They don't want to talk to a sales guy. But what they do want is they want information. We should be able to predict the questions they're asking at yes. that stage and meet them where they're at. And so that's yes. changing the buyer's journey. Usually, usually, a decade ago, salespeople were involved in sales conversations early. very early on, right? Yeah. Not the case anymore. Access to information, self-education, so forth. And generational biases too, I will say. But that's another whole conversation. That's a whole
0: other conversation.
1: (laughs) But nonetheless, if we know that they're early in the process, early in the journey, and they're looking just to answer basic questions about the problem, we need to be found online answering those questions. And video is one of the most powerful ways to do that. Not the only way, but one of the most powerful ways.
0: Dude, we need to do an episode just on that. Just on, Let's. Yeah. You know what? Let's do an episode on that next week. Sounds good. We should. All right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So listen, everybody who's been listening here. We're going to do an episode on video and the buyer's journey and how it helps you next week. So make sure you come back and tune in. But for right now, we're going to drop some links down below. If you've never heard of the buyer's journey before, we'll drop some links down below where you can go see some resources, read and learn about the buyer's journey. And if you have and you haven't visited yours in a while, it's time. We'll see you next week.